I want to go ahead and uh, introduce our speaker for this morning and uh, this week. And um, he is not a stranger to a lot of us. He was here, we're figuring, about 12, 13 years ago. And then he was here last year. And the Lord just let me invite him back again. And uh, we had a great time. And uh, we've only known each other, he and I personally, for about a year. Uh, even though we have been well, about 40 minutes apart, the majority of my life and uh, his life for many, many years, as uh, we, I was in the Gaston Arnold Rapids area, he was in Rocky Mount, uh, but I feel like we've known each other a lot longer, and uh, we enjoyed fellowship, enjoyed last night, Daniel and I were able to take him out and uh, get some supper and fellowship together, and uh, he is no stranger to ministry, he's been a pastor, he's been in ministry, evangelism. And uh, he's been doing that for a long time now. I, I don't want to make it feel bad, but uh, he's been in ministry about as long as I've been alive. So uh, <clears throat> I figured he's been here twice. I figured he had at least five more messages we hadn't heard. So we've had him back. But uh, you make him welcome this morning. Royce Williams, we're so glad to have him. So uh, right after the choir sings, brother, you come preach to us and we're looking forward to it. God bless you.
morning. Thank you, Danielle and choir and music team, for a splendid job this morning. They've led us to worship. And what a great privilege it is to go back anywhere, brother. Thank you so much. I can't hardly believe I'm here two years in a row. I lost my name, you know, uh, for about 11 or 12 years and didn't even remember who I was. So thank you for resurrecting me from, uh, from worklessness, I guess I should say. Hope you've had a... A good year since I've seen you last. I bring you greetings from my dear wife. She could not be with me this time. We've uh, had a lot of illness in our family, and my mom's been uh, in a bad condition, and so she was just released from rehab this week, so my wife is at home helping my siblings take care of my mom. She's 85 years old and uh, loves the Lord, and so we're grateful for her, and uh, we want to take good care of her in these uh, closing years of her life. Yes, please do. Her name is Louise, Louise Williams. I've known her all my life. <laughs> and she's the only mother I have, and I really am proud of her. She's a, a great Christian lady. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to come back and be a part of what God has assigned to you here, Red Hill Baptist Church. I do not take it lightly when we stand at the judgment seat of Christ one of these days. All of us will answer for every deed done in the body, whether it be good or evil, but those who pastor churches and serve in areas of ministry will also be held accountable for the assignment that God gave to us. And so I, I'm, a, I'm appreciative, brother, that you would allow me to be a part of what God has assigned to you. And when we stand before the Lord, I pray that we'll be just as satisfied as, uh, as we can possibly be with the job that we try to do for the Lord. I want you to take your Bible, if you would, and turn to the book of Revelation, if you would. Homecoming is always a high... A day in Baptist churches across our land, and we always think about uh, heaven whenever we uh, think about homecoming. That's a great homecoming that's yet to come. And uh, but I thank God that we have these kind of homecomings and get together. And I know some of you are already thinking about all the food over there. And uh, and it is Sunday morning and it's homecoming, so that's the reason I'm preaching one of my shorter messages this morning. That should be done in about an hour, hour and a half, something like that. <laughs> And so, but I know that you're used to hearing good preaching and maybe long preaching sometimes. I'm not sure how long you preach, Pastor, but um, I'll pro- try to preach long enough so they appreciate the brevity of your messages. How about that? <laughs> Revelation chapter number 21. Let's stand, please, for the reading of God's holy word. Uh, Revelation chapter number 21, verses 1 through 8. Revelation 21, 1 through 8. If you found your place, say Amen. amen. Revelation 21, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. 
He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and fornicators and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. May you. We pray together, please, Father. We thank you this morning for the privilege of being here at Red Hill Baptist Church on this high day in the life of the church, this homecoming day. No doubt, Lord, there are many who are visiting back from uh, places they live, uh, some far away, maybe near, and the membership, all of us gathered together, the body of Christ. Father, I thank you for the influence of Red Hill Baptist Church on everyone who's present here today. Thank you for the faithful preaching of the Word and the teaching of the Word of God down through the years. Lord, it's, uh, it's mind-boggling to think that 157 years there's been a ministry of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in this place all of that time. We're grateful, Lord, for every soul that's been saved, for every soul that's been nurtured. And now, Lord, we thank you for these present opportunities that are ours to look into the Word of God today, to be encouraged, uh, to be enlightened, to be inspired. We pray that the same Holy Spirit that inspired these words gave them to John on the Isle of Patmos 2,000 years ago. We pray that same Holy Spirit today We'll make these words come alive in our heart. Give us the message, Lord, the encouragement that we need as we face this life and live as your disciples. So, Father, we pray this morning that you would meet every person at the point of their need. If there should be someone here today that's lost and they are not on their way to heaven, I pray that today that their heart would be enthralled about what the Bible says, about uh, what heaven will be like and who will be there and that they'll be enthralled knowing that Jesus, uh, the Son of God, actually came and lived and died on the cross in their stead, in their behalf, and that they would believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ today and receive Him as Lord and Savior and receive the gift of everlasting life in heaven as their eternal home. And Lord, I pray for the church today that we would be inspired and that we would be enthused. We thank You, Lord. Uh, for the worship that we've already experienced today. Thank you, Lord, for lifting our hearts as we have all sung together and as our choir has led us. We thank you, Lord, for everything that has been said and done, for every whisper of the gospel. We ask, dear Father, that right now that you would bless now the reading of your word, the preaching of your word, the hearing of your word, in particular the application of it, And everything that you do for us in this time that we spend together, we'll give you praise for it in the name of Jesus our Lord. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. I've chosen to go just a little different kind of route from what I normally do when I preach because this is a homecoming day and we normally think about heaven. One of the greatest preachers that uh, America has ever known is uh, D.L. Moody, Dwight L. Moody, who... Uh, really uh, shook two continents for God. In 1873, 74, and 75, he preached in Britain a series of revival messages all across Britain, and God used him in a mighty way, and a lot of people came to Christ. And then he came to America and began preaching here in 1875 through 1879. It's part of what we know is one of the great awakenings here in America. Lord knows we could use another one. Amen. We've had two and we need a third one. And 
Uh, it would be all right if God would have started right here at Red Hill Baptist Church this week. It's got to start somewhere. And uh, he faithfully preached the Word of God. And it was a very uh, admired person, of course, uh, very diligent in a lot of areas of ministry. He started the Chicago Evangelical Society, which later became uh, Moody Bible Institute. He uh, founded the church, of course, uh, at Moody Church. And, and um, souls multiplied. Thousands of souls have been influenced by his ministry. Uh, as a consequence, about everything he put his hand on, people are interested in. For instance, in D.L. Moody's Bible, uh, there there are uh, sayings all in his Bible. He would scribble things. If you look at my Bible, you think, yeah, you think you're D.L. Moody too, because I write in my Bible. And if you don't believe in that, you know, I, I believe God will forgive you if you just get right with with him. But uh, I marked my Bible, and he marked his Bible. And in this particular passage of Scripture, in Revelation chapter number twenty-one. He wrote some things about heaven and what heaven's going to be like. What he, what he did was he just marked some things in the margin of his Bible, just one little phrase and then another little phrase, and he did that about seven or eight times. And each one takes about 15 minutes, so you can multiply that uh, seven or eight times 15, and that's about what time we'll get out. <laughs> I heard somebody in the back say back there, I thought I heard somebody say in the back, but be sure to turn off the lights when you leave. So, <laughs> He made these statements about heaven and on a homecoming day. That's a great, great topic to think about. He said, first of all, the light of heaven is the face of Jesus. The light of heaven is the face of Jesus. If we had read a little further down in Revelation chapter 21, we would have read that there's no need for the sun or the moon or the stars in heaven because Jesus is the light thereof. The old Moody said the light of heaven is the face of Jesus. Uh, when I think about uh, the light and Jesus being the light, I think immediately of what he said in John chapter 8, verse number 12, when he said that I am the light of the world. But it's interesting that he also said, Matthew five fourteen, you are the light of the world. In Psalm 119, it says, the entrance of thy word giveth light. And so the light shines in this world in three different ways. It shines in the Savior, I am the light of the world. It shines in the saints, you are the light of the world. And of course you understand this morning, the only light you and I have to bear is the light we've already received from Jesus Christ. And then he said, the entrance of thy word giveth light. And so it shines in the scriptures, it shines in the saints, and it shines in the Savior. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. John said he was the light and the life of the world. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So D.L. Moody wrote in the margin of his Bible, the light of heaven is the face of Jesus. And boy, what is it going to be like to look upon his face one of these days, the one who lived and died for you and me. Second of all, he wrote in the margin of his Bible, I was just kidding, it's not going to take 15 minutes for each one. Did anybody time that? It was, it was less than 15 minutes, wasn't it? Okay. The joy of heaven is the presence of Jesus. You know, if Jesus is not there, I'm not sure I want to go to heaven. He's the whole reason that we're saved. He's the, he's the hero of the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And He's going to be there in that place. The joy of heaven is the presence of Jesus. 
I, I can just see Jesus, you know, in his earthly ministry. When you read the Gospels and you, you see the joy that he brought. I mean, people who were lame now can walk. People who were sick, who had leprosy, were cleansed and made whole. People who had great... Now, I mean, Jesus just brought joy everywhere He went. And, uh, you know, and even little boys and girls just loved to be around Him because, you know, He was not a stuffy kind of guy. He loved people and uh, and brought joy to the little boys and girls. They wanted to be around Him. And, you know, remember the disciples said, He, he don't need to be bothered with all of that. And Jesus said, Suffer the little children to come unto Me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. You've got to come with the faith of a child and the humility of a child in order to be in heaven. Jesus just brought joy everywhere He went. The joy of heaven is the presence of Jesus. You ever notice when the Bible talks about joy, it talks about great joy. It hardly ever says joy. Uh, just exceedingly great joy. Uh, joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm telling you. If we have that touch down here and the joy that Jesus brings down here, can you imagine what it's going to be like to be in the presence of Jesus and what kind of joy that is? As a matter of fact, I tell our, our, our churches uh, as I travel and preach, if our churches need anything at all, we need an infusion of the joy of Jesus so it will show upon our faces. If you're saved and you're on your way to heaven... Boy, can you imagine what it's going to be like? The joy of heaven is the presence of Jesus. They say, well, where is heaven? I don't know. We, we learned when we were this high, you know, in Sunday school that, you know, that, that heaven is up. And we know from the writings of the Apostle Paul that he was caught up into the third heaven. And so in the third heaven up there somewhere. But we say, if we say the heaven is up, well, that's one thing for me. But if you're living in China, that's a different place altogether, isn't it? I mean, that would be the opposite direction. So all we know is where the third heaven is, that's where Jesus is. And that's what makes heaven a joyful place. I'm looking forward to going one of these days. What a great homecoming that's going to be. Then D.L. Moody wrote in the margin of his Bible this phrase. He said, the melody of heaven is the name of Jesus. Now, you don't mind if I get a little bugaboo off my heart this morning, do you? There are some words in the English language that, the language that people keep mixed up all of the time. And one of, uh, two of those words are melody and medley. You've ever noticed people keep those two words mixed up? All oh, I looked over at Danielle. She's going. <laughs> I'm melody and medley. Boy, I was so blessed this morning to hear your choir singing in harmony. I'm just telling you, I hardly ever hear that anymore. And it was a blessing. Not a wonderful choir. Thank you all for working so diligently and leading us to worship this morning. The melody of heaven is the name of Jesus. Now, melody is one thing. Medley is another. Melody is when everyone is singing the same thing at the same time. Now, in a different range, in a different octave. But they're singing the same note pattern at the same... And most people sing that way. Congregations, for the most part, sing melody. They sing the, the lead, what we would call the lead. And the, uh, but medley is another word altogether. Medley is a is a conglomeration of songs that are on the same subject, like you would say, are you washed in the blood? It would be about the blood of Jesus. And then the next would be, there's power in the blood. Power, 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 power. Wonder-working power. And then, you know, the blood will never lose its power. Three different songs on the blood. That's a medley. But melody is when everyone is singing the same thing at the same time. And uh, D.L. Moody wrote in the margin of his Bible, the melody of heaven is the name of Jesus. Now, let me tell you what I believe he meant by that. And because uh, I may look old, but I didn't live in 1873. No. <laughs> the 
The melody of heaven is the name of Jesus. In other words, when we get there, nobody else is going to receive the glory. We're not going to be, you know, singing the praises of our granddaddy and our grandmother. We're not going to be talking about Paul. We're not going to be talking about Moses. We're not going to be talking about David. Jesus is the light and He is the life. And I'm telling you, the name of Jesus, everyone is going to be singing the name of Jesus, the praise of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the melody of heaven. Everybody's going to be on it. Everybody's going to be doing the same thing. It's not going to be about, you know, any, any one church or any one individual, not even any one denomination. It's going to be about Jesus. And the melody of heaven is the name of Jesus. There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low, Fear not, I am with thee in all of life's ebb and flow. Always had a hard time getting those words together in there. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. The melody of heaven is the name of Jesus. And of course it's going to be about Jesus. Acts chapter 4, verse number 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's got to be about Jesus. There's no other name that's a saving name. There's no other name that's a keeping name. He is the light and He is the life. The melody of heaven is the name of Jesus. Now, melodies when everybody's singing the same thing at the same time. And the next thing that he wrote in the margin of his Bible is the harmony of heaven it's the praise of Jesus. The harmony of heaven is the praise of Jesus. When I think about what D.L. Moody must have meant when he was apparently preaching that and just he wrote his outline down in the margin of his Bible, the harmony of heaven is the praise of Jesus. All I can think of is the very first time I went overseas to preach. In 1991, I had the opportunity to go with a group of seminarians I was in a missions class at Southeastern Seminary, and, and um, Dr. Phil Roberts, uh, his wife, was from Romania, and he had made these connections, and he said, we're going to take a mission trip to Romania. Anybody wants to go, you start raising your money. And so I felt like the Lord wanted me to go, so there were 18 of us all together. I didn't know everything that was going on. I just knew that we were going to Romania, and we were going to witness on the streets, and we were going to preach on the streets, which we did while we were there. But I didn't know everything that was going on. We, we flew, you know, from, from Raleigh-Durham up to JFK, and then from JFK we, we landed in Budapest, Hungary. When we landed in Budapest, Hungary, we took ground transportation, had a couple of vans that had been uh, rented for us, and we, by ground, went out of Hungary, crossed the borderline into Romania, and uh, we went to Oradia, Romania, the largest Baptist church in the Nation of Romania is Second Baptist Church, yes. Second Baptist Church in Oradia, Romania. I was not prepared for what I was about to experience. Now, I knew that there would be some people there that spoke a different language from me. I mean, that, that was pretty obvious, you know. But I did not realize that there were mission teams that were coming literally all over Western Europe. And they also had groups, and we were all going in various ways, but everyone was going to come to that church, so we got there on a Wednesday night. And, uh, and here are a pocket of people over here from Switzerland. And there was a pocket of people over here from France, and a pocket of people over here. We actually had one church uh, who had brought from Thessalonica, had brought a group, and, and all of these, about 10 or 12 different people groups there, 
And then we all were in that same worship service together and all sang Amazing Grace. Boy, I tell you, I got chill bumps on my chill bumps. When we started singing, of course, Amazing Grace is the Baptist national anthem. You know, I mean, that's our national anthem. But apparently it is that around the world because people who spoke all kinds of languages were all singing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me and all those different tongues going on at the same time. And I didn't know these people, never had met them before, but I'm telling you, my spirit, it, it, was, it was connecting with their spirit. I knew we were worshiping the same God. I don't know what it's going to be like when we get to heaven. I don't know whether everybody's going to speak the same language or not. If we do, I don't believe it's going to be Hebrew. Because I'm telling you, Hebrew's hard, let me tell you. Oh, it looks like chicken scratch on a piece of paper to me, but I don't know what it's going to be like when we get to heaven. But here's how much I do know. The Bible says that when we get to heaven, there's going to be people there from every people group, from every tongue, from every tribe, from every nation on the face of the earth. Can you imagine what it's going to be like? I mean, the harmony of heaven is the praise of Jesus. People from anywhere and everywhere. And by the way, I'd like to put a little, right, a little comma right there, maybe a little parentheses and say something, something else I've been wanting to get off my chest. I keep hearing guys say, as soon as we have preached to everybody on the face of the earth, then the Lord Jesus will come. Well, where did you read that in the Bible? There, there are people groups, I think, that, you know, are not going to be reached until the Lord has raptured this church out of this world, and then there are 144,000 Jewish evangelists. That's what the 144,000 is all about, by the way. Don't let anybody tell you anything any different. 144,000 Jewish evangelists from the 12 tribes, and they're going to be combing the face of this earth and preach the gospel for those seven years. While you and I are in heaven, they'll be combing the face of the earth, and there will be people in heaven from every people group, every tongue, every tribe, every nation on the face of the earth. Why? To sing praise to the one Savior of the world. He came and died for men that men might be saved. Harmony of heaven is the praise of Jesus. And then the theme of heaven is the work of Jesus. You don't think we're going to have enough to sing about when we get there? You say, Brother Royce, now when we get there, you know, we got, you know, I mean, there's 10,000 years, and then there's another 10,000 years, and then there's 100,000 years, and then there's another 100,000 years, and then there's a million years, and then there's 100 million years, and you say, when is it going to end? No. You say, well, what in the world are we going to say? We're going to sing praise to Jesus? Uh, yeah, and you're going to be happy about it too. Uh, I'm worried about folks who can just stand in a worship service like we have this morning and not, not open your mouth and sing. I don't know. Of course, I was sitting on the front, so I don't know who is and who's not, but we have a quartet up here on the front right here. One, two, three, and I was the fourth one. I finally found a group I can sing bass in. Those, those, those three girls right there. Now, we, you know, I, how is it that you can come if you don't enjoy singing praise to Jesus and love Him that way and worship Him that way? Man, you're going to be miserable in heaven. That's all that's going to be happening. We're going to praise Him throughout all eternity. You say, well, about what? I'm so glad you asked that question. I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Think about his eternity, His pre-existence. I mean to worship Him because He always has been and always will be. There never, time, never, never was a time when He wasn't. And there never will be a time when He's not. I'm, he always has been and always will be from eternity past to eternity future praising Him because He always has been. 
Let me tell you, Jesus, He was the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, but He always has been. Now, He hasn't always been man, but He's always been God. And He's just as much God as God the Father, and just as much God as God the Holy Spirit, all three, I mean co-equal, all three of them. Can you imagine we're going to be in heaven and think, and sing about Jesus who has existed throughout all eternity, His pre-existence. And praise Him for His uh, incarnation. Praise Him for His creation. Praise Him for His incarnation coming into the world. Praise Him for His perfect life. Why not? He's the only one who's ever done it. He, the Bible says He was tempted in every way that you and I tempted, yet without sin. That's worth praising, didn't it? And uh, always had did the right thing. Never had the wrong motivation in anything that He did. Praise Him for His pre-existence, for His work in creation, for His work in incarnation, for His perfect life, and of course, for His atoning death on the cross. We enjoy singing about the cross right now. Can you imagine what it's going to be like in heaven? Singing about His cross, about the love that He gave, and the life and the sacrifice of Himself. The only person in the world who did not deserve to die did die in your place and in mine. I think we'll have plenty to praise Him for and praise Him about. Not only His death, His atoning death, but uh, the burial even. I mean, came into this world, and uh, you talk about identifying with the common man, coming to this world, was born in a cattle stall. Got ready to be buried at the end of His life. Did not have a grave of His own. Had a borrowed grave. But I'm, you, know, he, you didn't need it. He just borrowed it. He didn't need it long. Just three days. And he's gone. It's like that, you know. Praise Him for His resurrection. We're going to sing about it throughout all eternity. And, I, and not only was He raised from the dead, but then He came back and taught His disciples. You know, those, those days of preparation and preparing them and teaching them all those things concerning the kingdom of God. Can you imagine what it must have been like to have been standing there with those disciples that day when all of a sudden Jesus just began to levitate and just went right straight up through the clouds and they were staring at the clouds watching Jesus. I mean, literally bodily raised, ascending into heaven. And the two angels there said, Why are you staring up into the heavens as He goes away as though you'll never see Him again? Don't you know that this same Jesus who's taken away from you, is coming again. Listen, and talk about His return. We'll praise Him for His return. I believe we'll praise Him for our, uh, His return and taking us out before seven years of, uh, of tribulation are poured out on the face of the earth. That may not be the way that you believe it, but you've got time to get right in your thinking between now and, and when the Lord comes back again. I mean, how, how do you think we're ever going to praise Him for who He is and what He has done? God of God Himself. The theme of heaven is the work of Jesus. His work, His work, His work. We used to sing that song, didn't we, Pastor? We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes and we'll be gathered home. We used to sing to the work, to the work. <laughs> we don't hear much about work in churches anymore, but I'm telling you one thing. Ministry is work. If you're really doing ministry, it really is work. And the work of Jesus is the most important of all. The theme of heaven is the work of Jesus. And then the duration of heaven is the eternity of Jesus. How long will we enjoy heaven? How long will we have no more pain, no more suffering, no more death? Just as long as Jesus lasts. That's how long eternity is. And He always has been and He always will be. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to going to heaven. The Bible says that we'll get a new body. The one I've got is wearing out. 
I wake up every morning hurting at a brand new place. Anybody else know anything about that? I mean, I, you know, I feel like the Vance Havner said that time. Vance Havner said, I, you, I talk about my age, but I'm looking out at you. Some of you are staring at me through your bifocals. Some of you got tired of wearing your teeth and you put them in your pocket. You know, we all know by getting older, one of these days we're going to heaven and throughout all eternity we'll have a body likened unto His. Can you imagine? I mean, a glorified body, new and likened unto His with no more arthritis, no more rheumatism, no more cancer, no more pain, no more heart attacks, no more funeral homes. I'm a good mind to stomp and say hallelujah. I mean, it's a, I, he said, I'll make a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth have passed away. He's not going to patch up anything. He's not going to repair anything. It's going to be brand spanking new and it's going to be our home throughout all eternity in the presence of Jesus. The duration of heaven is the eternity of Jesus. And then the last thing that D.L. Moody, see, I told you I'd get to it sooner or later. The fullness, heaven, fullness of heaven is Jesus Himself. Ooh, we'll be like Him. We'll see Him. We'll know Him as He is. Fullness of heaven is Jesus Himself. In other words, if Jesus is not there, it's not going to be heaven. <laughs> but He is there. And uh, I'm just telling you this morning, you know, John said it this way. John chapter 1, verse number 16, And of His fullness have all we received, and grace upon grace upon grace. Well, that's all that D.L. Moody wrote. But I've added one this morning because I also added a verse. I kept it right in context. What a wonderful place heaven is going to be. But you see, you notice that contrasting conjunction in verse number 8. The word but. Uh, that means that uh, now we're turning a corner. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the fornicators and the sorcerers and the idolaters are all and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And I've added it to this part. I mean, he said the light of heaven is the face of Jesus. The joy of heaven is the presence of Jesus. The melody of heaven is the name of Jesus. The harmony of heaven is the praise of Jesus. The theme of heaven is the work of Jesus. The duration of heaven is the eternity of Jesus. And the fullness of heaven is Jesus Himself. And I've added this. But the horror, if, uh, the horror of heaven is that not everyone's going. I would think that a large percentage of those who are gathered here this morning are going. But there could very well be someone who is not going because you've never surrendered, submitted yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask Him to forgive you of your sin and save your soul. Give you the gift of everlasting life. The Bible here and the words of John, he recorded on the, on the Isle of Patmos. I'm so glad that God got him still long enough to record the writings of the book of Revelation. Amen. How would you like to try to interpret Ezekiel and Daniel without having Revelation? And he got him still enough and he wrote about heaven and then he wrote, but, but the fearful. Those that are cowardly 
as opposed to the boldness that Christ gives to believers. Unbelievers will call out on the rocks and the mountains to fall upon them. It will be such a terrible time in the end. The fearful, those that are cowardly, those who do not have the boldness that Christ gives. Now, I would ask you this morning, you know, you remember when the disciples, whenever they were persecuted and uh, when they'd been, in, they'd been in prison and all the rest, and when they ever came back, you remember how they prayed? What did they pray for? They prayed for more boldness to go out and preach the gospel. It doesn't take hardly anything at all to deter us from sharing the gospel. Well, David was preaching. Uh, preaching. You were preaching this morning, David. It is David, right? Yeah. But David was teaching this morning. He was talking about, you know, what inhibits us from sharing the gospel. And there are all kinds of things. Intimidation, there's fear of rejection and fear of, of messing up, not getting the verses right and all the rest. But are you bold for the Lord? I mean, the Bible says that the fearful will not make it. Cowardly, those who are, that don't have the boldness of Christ, if the, Lord, if the Lord has saved you and He's given you the Holy Spirit, just let the Lord use you as His spokesperson. This says the unbelieving. The fearful and the unbelieving, that is, those with no faith. Faith is one of the two pillars of, uh, of the Christian walk. It's recorded for us in Acts chapter 20, verses 20 and 21. Paul said, I've kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. I've taught you publicly and privately. I've taught you Jew and Gentile. I've taught you two things. Repentance toward God and faith for the Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance toward God because God is the one that we have offended in our sinning. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ because He's the only one that can forgive those sins that we have committed. Repentance toward God because God is the one that's offended. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ because He died for our sins according to the Scriptures and was buried and was raised again uh, on the third day according to the Scriptures. Unbelieving, those with no faith. It is a very, very uh, strong, one of the two pillars of our Christian wall. Those who have no faith are not going to heaven when they die. And the abominable. Uh, the word means vile. It means to pollute. It means to, to, uh, to twist and to skew. And I guess one of the, the worst things that you can possibly defile and pollute and twist and skew is the Word of God. I'm telling you, read the Word of God for what it says because it says what it means and it means what it says. It's God's revelation of Himself to us, the Holy Bible. And when we read the Word of God, well, we should never defile it in any way, pollute it in any way, or twist it and make it mean. Of course, people take one verse of Scripture and justify any kind of lifestyle that they want to live. And they do that on a regular basis. But when you put the Word of God in its context and make it agree with all the other Scripture in the body of the Word of God, it says what it means and it means what it says and we're not to defile it or pollute it in any way. And then the Bible says murderers. He's talking about people who are going to the lake of fire. I mean brimstone and fire. You say, Brother Royce, that's just metaphorical. It's just symbolic. I've never seen a symbol or a metaphor that measured up to the real thing. Hell is a place you don't want to go. I promise you that. You're not going to be drinking beer and playing pinochle with all of your buddies. It's going to be a place of torment. Nobody's going to have a good time in hell, particularly the devil himself and all of, the, all of those who follow after him. Murderers. Murderers. John said, if you hate your brother, you are still in darkness. You say, I'll never pull the trick and kill anybody. 
But you have probably assassinated someone's character. Uh, that's murder as well. The Bible goes on to say in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 15, Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. And you say, those are hard words. Well, I just read what the Bible says. That's all you know. I'm responsible for. Just tell you what the Word of God says. The Bible says those that hate their brothers are not going to heaven when they die. Is there anybody you need to be reconciled with? Is there someone you need to go to? You need to ask their forgiveness? Is there anyone like... I, I'm, we're talking serious stuff here. We're talking about the difference between heaven and hell. All of those beautiful things that you know the Bible has to say about heaven, it also has some things to say about hell. The blackness, the darkness of night forever and ever. A place where the worm dieth not. You talk about black and dark. Now, it's a place where it's going to be dark yet burning with fire at the same time. You say, explain that, Brother Royce. If I could, I would. But I'm just telling you, hell is going to be a place of agony. The Bible says it's a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Or as one little boy in Sunday school said, it was weeping and snatching out of teeth. That's pretty bad too. A terrible, terrible place. It's a place you don't want to go. And people who hate their brothers and hate humankind are in danger of hellfire. I'm not saying that. The Bible is saying that. But... The fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the fornicators. Man, there's a word. I mean, the word in the original language here is the word porneo, which means, I mean, it covers a large, uh, a lot, it's a big umbrella, all kind of sexual misbehavior. And the Bible is clear about it. The Bible teaches against homosexuality. The Bible teaches against lesbianism. The Bible teaches against bestiality. The Bible teaches against premarital sex and extramarital sex. The Bible is very, very clear. So I can't even believe he's naming those things in the pulpit on a homecoming Sunday morning. Let me tell you what. When I was saved, I was nine years old. And I'll bet you I was 35 years old before I ever heard a sermon on homosexuality. Preachers, pastors are charged to preach the whole counsel of God. We're in a situation we're in in America today because there have been some subjects that have been avoided, and that's one of them. And I'm telling you, the Bible is saying, I'm not saying, the Bible says that those who are caught up in this sexual misbehavior will not go to heaven when they die. And God did not make them that way. The Word of God says they will not go. That's what fornicators means. You look it up. Take any commentary you want to. You say, I already don't like this preacher. Come back tonight and I'll make you even madder than that. <laughs> just next. And then sorcerers are not going. Sorcerers. You know what the word here that's transla- translated sorcerers from the original language? You'll recognize this word. Pharmacos. What does it sound like? Pharmacy, pharmaceuticals. Now, he was not saying that all pharmacists were going to hell. That's not what he's saying here. But he's talking about those in black magic that use mind-altering drugs to control other people. You don't think that, uh, that using uh, these drugs is sin? The Bible says that people who use mind-altering drugs and people who sell mind-altering drugs and these big drug cartels, I don't care whether they're from Mexico or whether they're from Charlotte, North Carolina, doesn't make any difference. Those who, who make a living by, by just, I mean, just taking advantage of people everywhere. 
And uh, you say, well, that's just the way they make their living. Yeah, and they're going straight to hell according to what the Bible says. That's another place. Heaven's a wonderful place. It's a great place to be gained, but there's another place to shun. That's called hell. Those who practice black magic to deceive. Those who are who are use these drugs to the mind altering drugs and witchcraft and I'm telling you, I, I would you have ever thought that you would have heard that a man like Bill Bill Cosby would use mind altering drugs to have with Lord knows how many women. And I wouldn't have hardly believed it anybody. You know, I mean, Bill Cosby was the last person on my mind. Listen, folks, I'm telling you, it's absolute. When you use illicit drugs and then you take all of this and, and, yield, and wield power over other people, take advantage of them that way, I can't help but tell you what the Word of God says. There's a lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Thank God there's always room for repentance. Anybody who will turn from any of these things, who will ask Jesus to forgive them, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And then He says, idolatry. Those idolaters are not going to heaven. You say, thank God, Brother Royce, because I don't have any little idols set up in my home. I don't bow down before anything. You know, they started that way back. I mean, all the way back. And take, you know, carve things out with their hands and lay it over with silver and gold and bow down to it. And we think that's what an idol is. Let me tell you what an idol is. An idol in your life is anything that you substitute. A man-made thing that you substitute in the place of God. And some people love a lot of things more than they love God. And when you do, it becomes an idol to you. Because Dave was talking about this morning. You know, what are you passionate about? But if you're not passionate for the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you're not passionate about seeing a lost world that's saved, are you glad that you're saved? Wouldn't you like to see other people saved as well? Every people group, every tongue, every tribe, every nation, He calls us to begin at our Jerusalem, go to Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. What are you passionate about? You're passionate about collecting seashells when you go, you know, and then one of these days you can hold them up to the Lord and say, Lord, look what I did. I collect all these shells. I've got the Latin name for every single one of them. I know God's going to be impressed. Don't you think so? Yeah, I'm sure He will be because He created the ocean that they lived in. I mean, He knows all about it. Well, I'll be passionate about the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and seeing people saved, give their heart and life to the Lord Jesus. You say, Brother Royce, I've done fine until now. I'm not an idolater and I'm not a murderer. I don't hate anybody. I haven't killed anybody. I have faith and I believe. Yeah, but it says in all liars. I know some people like that, don't you? They'd rather lie than to tell the truth and let God love them. They'd rather lie than to eat a good meal. You can look at me and tell I love to eat a good meal. But I like the truth too, don't you? You see, people who make a practice of deceiving others and lying and you can't even trust their word. You think, is that a sin? Let God be true and every man a liar. And all liars shall have their part. Imagine. Yeah, we were all doing pretty good till right then. And all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And of course, that's the final death. First death is your physical death. The second death is your spiritual death where you're separated from God and all that's good forever and ever. Let me tell you how long hell exists. Just as long as heaven does 
and it never comes to an end. Do you know for a certain fact this morning that you're headed to heaven, not based on who you are, but based on who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for you on the cross of Christ? All in sin comes short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I love what it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10. But if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thy heart that God hath raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. I remember that was explained to me this way. What that means is, Brother Royce, is that you can't live a life of righteousness, but you can believe on one who did. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And the Bible says it two times in three verses. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall not be ashamed. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, verse 13, shall be saved. The difference is heaven and hell. What a wonderful place heaven is going to be and what a horrible place hell will be throughout all eternity. I'm going to ask you if you would just stand to your feet and prepare now for our time of invitation. Ask our musicians to come and take their place. The pastor will be here to receive you and pray with you. If you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, there would never be a better time than this morning to come and give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, if you're grateful that you're going to heaven and you want others to go with you, you might want to come this morning and say, Lord, I'm going to commit my life to telling others about Jesus so they can go to heaven as well. Father, I pray that in these moments that you would, by your Holy Spirit, bring conviction where conviction is needed. Lord, that you bring comfort where comfort is needed. If people are here and they're lost, I pray that they would come, submit themselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, receive forgiveness of sin, and the gift of everlasting life, heaven as their eternal home. And I pray for believers, Lord, that we would be so in love with Jesus and so anticipating heaven that, Lord, we would want others to go with us, with us and be there and become more diligent fishers of men tellers, spreaders of the good news of the gospel. Help us to commit ourselves to that, Lord, today in a way like we never have before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our hymn is number 310. We'll sing. You're invited to come. The altar is open. The pastor's here to receive you. Out of my bondage, sorrow and night, Jesus, I come.